Father, we pray that you would indeed bring us to worship your Son. For we ask it in his precious name. Amen. Most years, uh, coming up to Christmas, uh, the newspapers sneak in a story about the science of Santa. Uh, They figure out the figures of one jolly red man, uh, eight reindeer and a sleigh, travelling around the world in one night, uh, delivering presents to every home. Uh, The Telegraph, not the Belfast Telegraph, but the Telegraph uh, from England, uh, a few years ago estimated that he would have to travel 212 million miles at a speed of 6 million miles per hour uh, to do it all. Uh, But this evening, I want to think about another epic gift-giving journey at Christmas, because that's probably what we immediately think of when we think about the wise men from our Bible reading. These mysterious wise men from the east travelled a huge distance to arrive in Jerusalem. And if you imagine them stopped at a border control or an immigration checkpoint and they're asked, what is the nature of your business? What is the purpose of your visit? then our first answer would probably, well, they're going to give gifts. You see, that's what I thought too. Uh, Them bringing the gold and the frankenstein and a myrrh. Sorry, gold, frankincense and and myrrh. It seems so obvious because it's probably the first thing that you think of when you think of the wise men. And yet, the giving of gifts wasn't their primary purpose. It wasn't actually what they set out to do. You see, sometimes we can read the Bible and think we know what it says. But it's only when we take a closer look uh, that we see what it actually says. So why did the wise men set out on that long journey? Why did they not just stay at home with a tin of Quality Street and watch the repeats on the telly? Well, verse 2 tells us in their own words. They say, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. They're asking for the one who has been born king of the Jews. They know there has been a royal birth, a new king born. They saw his star as they watched the heavens by night. These stargazers saw his star rise and climbed on their camels to come. To come and give him gifts? No, we have come to worship him. The primary purpose of the wise men was to worship. They didn't come to Jesus just to be nosy and see what was happening. They didn't travel to catch up on the gossip. 
They weren't interested in anyone or anything else. They came to worship him. Summoned by a star, they went to worship. Now think of where they were when they said those words and what they had just said. Perhaps you can remember uh, the reaction whenever Prince George was born. It's a few years ago now, he's six, I think. Um, The boy who would one day be king of the United Kingdom. Do you remember? The news channels went into overdrive. At press, photographers camped outside the hospital to get the perfect picture. Most people were very excited at the royal birth. And you'd think that the people of Jerusalem, uh, that the Jews would be excited by the news that these outsiders had come to worship their newborn king. But that wasn't what they did. Herod the king, verse 3, was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Rather than it being good news, they treated this announcement as bad news. In fact, Herod didn't even seem to be aware of it until the wise men arrived. So he calls in the chief priests and asks them where the Christ was to be born. They know the answer straight away. They don't have to go away and look it up in a Bible or in the library. They know that the scriptures say Bethlehem in our reading from Micah. But they aren't interested in going along with the wise men to see this new king. The king of the Jews, the ruler to shepherd Israel, has been born But they're simply not interested. Maybe they're too busy washing their hair or straightening the books on the shelves or playing tiddlywinks to go and see the Christ for themselves. The religious people knew the scriptures, but they didn't want to obey them. They know the answer, but they don't want to apply it to themselves. And there's a danger sometimes that we can do the same. In our preaching, in our Bible reading, are we simply gathering information rather than seeing transformation? Perhaps this year you have decided that you'll read through the Bible in a year. Don't just become a Bible mastermind, knowing every answer. Pray that your reading will move you to worship. King Herod, he seems to be different to the religious leaders. Having heard where the Christ was to be born, he sends the wise men off to find the child and then to come back and let him know. So that, verse 8, so that I too may go and worship him. His lips express a desire to worship, but his heart holds a desire to destroy Jesus. You see, Jesus was a rival to Herod's power and position. 
When the wise men ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? You can hear Herod thinking to himself that there's only one king of the Jews and there's no vacancy in that position. If Jesus is indeed the king of the Jews, then Herod is out of a job. But that's actually the same for all of us. The wise men recognize that the true king has been born, which means that everyone else is out of a job. We all like to set ourselves up as king or queen of our life. We want to rule our own life, to make our own decisions and do what pleases us. But as we do so, we have dethroned God from his rightful place. And that is at the heart of sin. To say no to God. To deny God his place as king of our lives. The wise men recognize that the Christ has been born. The true king. The one who has every right to rule. The one to whom everyone else should bow. And Herod is threatened. Herod is troubled. And Herod plots to kill Jesus. Now he doesn't say that out loud, of course. It's like the uh, Vicar of Dibley episode uh, where they put on the nativity play uh, and Herod uh, tries to make out that the soldiers misheard his instruction to kiss the babies, not kill the babies. Perhaps our declarations of worship are only from the lip side. Could it be that our words don't match our heart? That we claim to want to worship, but actually we're still rebelling against King Jesus. May God in his grace show us and have mercy on us. The religious knew, but didn't care. Herod knew, but continued to plot against the rightful king. It's only the wise men who show us what it is to worship the king. They set out from Herod's palace in Jerusalem, rejoicing exceedingly with great joy as the star led them to Bethlehem, to the house where Jesus was staying. Look at what they do when they enter the house, verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. Do you see the order? They don't go in and open their treasures straight away. The first thing they did was to bow down. And worship. The place of worship is bowing before the rightful king. 
And that's what they did. Before giving him anything, they gave themselves to him. They recognize that to be in his presence is greater than the presence that they give to him. So when was the last time that you bowed to King Jesus? When did you surrender all to him? We know so much more than what the wise men knew. They saw Jesus as a baby. They knew that he was king and they worshipped him. How much more should we worship? We who know the full story of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. We who appreciate his perfect life, obeying the commands that we fail to keep. We who marvel at his sacrificial saving death for our sins in our place. We who rejoice at his victory over death as he was raised to life on the third day. We who recognize that he is seated at the right hand of the Father and from where he will one day return as judge to usher in his perfect kingdom and do away with sin and death. We know how worthy Jesus is. How much more should we worship Jesus? Let's never grow complacent as we worship Jesus. Rather, may this new year be one filled with our worship and our praise as we bow before our King and submit to his rule. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you that Jesus is the King. And we thank you for the example of these wise men. That they gave up so much and journeyed so far to come and worship the King. Father, we pray that you would help us to bow before him. To take ourselves off the throne of our lives. And to gladly submit to him who died for us. For we ask it in his precious name. Amen.